0: We will kick off today's episode with our guest speaker pitching why you should listen to our podcast and follow our journey. Let's get started, folks.
1: Well, excellent. Well, we're going to talk about today about green energy, electrification, uh, being independent with energy, and learning about not only production of energy with solar, but also conserving energy.
0: Welcome to an episode of Young Entrepreneurs with the Greener team of Southern Illinois University Carbondale. We are a cross-university team of young, innovative minds positively impacting the landscape of SIU Carbondale through promoting and installing clean energy. Here, we are highlighting our team's activities and impact through our members, sponsors, and supporters, as well as discussing a new, interesting topic. So buckle up, because we are driving to a more sustainable future. And here today, we're speaking with Kyle Smith from EnerTech Global. Kyle, how are you doing today? Excellent. How about
1: yourself? Thanks for joining me.
0: Going pretty well. So before we dive into all the fun, would you like to tell the audience a bit about yourself, who you are, where you're from?
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I grew up in the um, energy conservation side uh, of the industry. So doing ground source heat pumps, geothermal heat pumps. And more, uh, more of the heating and cooling uh, side of things. If you if you typically look at uh, the average home, the three big users of energy normally are heating, cooling, and hot water production, and that usually accounts for about seventy percent of the usage of the home. And so that's what's always been in my family's um, roots, and uh, really my parents and. I guess our very long story is, is, and the truthfulness is, is that I'm actually no longer with InterTech. I'm with a company called Supplied Energy that uh, we started uh, January 1st of this year, and so we are a customer of InterTech, but absolutely uh, still a family business um, on both sides. So my parents started InterTech in '96 in our living room and um, grew and grew and. Um, doing geothermal ground source heat pumps, selling uh, the heat pumps themselves, other accessories that go with the uh, heating and cooling system, uh, geothermal pipe that goes in the ground, and uh, just any other items that actually would sell with with the uh, um, project. So anyways, we started in 96, uh, we stayed in Greenville, and uh, we had some Uh, Through the years, we changed brands, started a private label in 2001, I believe, give or take. And then in 2007, we purchased a factory in uh, Mitchell, South Dakota, where we make all of our ground source geothermal heat pumps. So we bought the brand of Hydron Module. And then in 2009, we bought Tetco. And by that time, we had to increase our factory size from 20,000 square feet, where we bought it at from a hooterite colony. And uh, we used, took it from 20,000 square feet all the way up to 80,000 square feet. And uh, in 2012, um, we, were, we had a little setback with uh, another brand we purchased. And uh, it was just a little difficult um, taking that brand and actually the brands that were owned by this company and shutting them down. So we we're bringing them in and melding them into our business um, And so we got through that and then in 2016, 17, we started looking into um, solar and storage and what could we do because geothermal actually at that time lost its tax credit. So geothermal at this point, as of today in 2021, gets a 26% federal tax credit on residential systems and ours was starting to go away. And so we saw the writing on the wall um, pretty late um, because we we're just so busy and uh, we didn't have time to diversify or think about what, what was going to happen. Although it sells itself, we the negative impact of an incentive going away is always bad. And so we needed to diversify. We're just thinking like we always thought for years that solar was uh, was bad. You know, it wasn't necessarily it was a bad technology. It wasn't necessarily that it was a bad investment. It was just that we were kind of fighting over the consumer's money. And we started getting our, as we learned more about solar and started doing more research, we started learning that we don't need to be enemies at all. And we actually can work very well with the industry. Um, and so we started distributing solar and taking some risks in 2000. I think we started getting product in 2017 and, um, and that has boomed for us, uh, as it really connects both of our core technologies from geothermal being an energy conservation product of saving up to 70% on uh, energy usage and on the average home, and then solar to take care of the rest of that electric usage. So. Um, So if we reduce our loads as much as possible with insulation, our heating, cooling, and hot water, when we come to our solar side, we can see how much solar we actually need for the coverage of of the usage and what's best for the utility bill. So there's no point in making a lot of solar that's just going to be thrown away in kilowatt hours. So we want to make sure we help the consumer with the best internal rate of return. And that's really the core of what we do is making sure we have good, viable projects that are mutually beneficial for consumers, installers, and electric utilities. And, of course, us. But, yeah. So, anyway, that's kind of the story uh, of what we do and where we came from. and, And back to supplied energy, we started that. And... Uh, January or the end of last year, I, I left InterTech at the first of the year, and uh, we we are in some geothermal developments, um, totaling about 7,500 homes in Atlanta area, which is where I just got back from last night. Uh, we're also working in development in Austin, that's about 7,500 homes, and so we have a warehouse in Atlanta, we have a warehouse in Tulsa area, uh, we have a location in Austin, and here in Greenville, Illinois as well so it's been a, a very busy year
0: awesome sounds fun and the technology and word are incredible especially seeing from the conversation side and the production side to tackle a home on its own and a building
1: yep and, and i say conservation because it's it's not always about making energy and honestly that's sloppy um if if you have something uh we call them a toaster and all, um an element heater that you just blow something across like a hairdryer, extremely inefficient. But some people think, well, if I just make enough solar, I can just offset that. Well, that's a sloppy approach. And so we want to make sure we conserve as much energy as we possibly can to be efficient as possible. And then on the production side, we don't need to make nearly as much, but both are electric. One thing to think about too, can we make natural gas? Can we make propane? No. We can make electricity, on site. And that's why our products and technologies fit so well together.
0: Awesome, cool, cool, cool. Okay. So do you wanna dive into how you become connected with myself and the Green team?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So my story's short, but um, I know Clay and Kim from CH Electrical very well, and they're one of our best customers from um, a personal level and from a professional level, um, and our and friends. So Clay asked me um, if I'd be interested in, in working with you. I'm not sure how he got connected with you, um, but uh, I said, I mean, absolutely. Let me know what we can do to help. And I think one thing I didn't explain well enough earlier was that we are not a contractor, we are a wholesaler. We are a distributor, and so I kind of call us a behind-the-curtain company, um, where we help installers, our customers, on projects on from anywhere from design and sales to delivery of product and training, uh, doing job site training. One big thing about solar is, is that it's eighty percent craftsmanship and twenty percent electrical. So we kind of, on our training processes, we kind of say, this is what we screwed up. Don't make the same mistakes we did. This is how we correct them. So um, anyways, uh, so Clay and Kim are customers of ours and very proud to be with them and uh, very proud to be associated to you guys and coming down to Carbondale and taking a look to see what you have going on and seeing what we can do to be creative to uh, help the Green Roof team.
0: Awesome, and I know, I think you have spoke about this, but we became connected to Clay through social media. So the past year, he's been liking our posts and following us. Oh, cool. Then he, we saw a call, I believe, early in May or June, mm-hmm. talked about what we're doing, about what he's doing, and saw alignment, and awesome. the rest is present
1: day. Right, right, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And so CH Electrical is, uh, and I'm sure there's, you know, I've already had a podcast on them, but they're an installer, they're a sales. Um, sales and installation team um, that are also electricians. And um, they're with the current state, Illinois' incentive program, which has been very healthy for the last few years, it's, we call it the solar coaster though. Um, So some years it's great, some years it's really bad. And uh, so we're turning to really great for quite a while. And uh, there's a lot of solar to be installed in Illinois for the next seven years. So um, they are a very, um, they move a lot of projects and uh, do a lot of solar in Southern Illinois.
0: So solar is looking bright in the future. Is geothermal going to be long lasting? Do you see, or do you think there is a cutoff soon?
1: Everything's about to change. Um, No matter what you think, uh, what a person thinks. um, Just because we're getting rid of fossil fuels doesn't mean the electricity is going to be cheaper. It's just like labor, everything else right now is uh, up in arms as far as what's about to happen. Nobody really knows, but I can tell you that if we're going to get rid of natural gas and fossil fuels, the price of that is going to go up as well as electricity. So the price of a kilowatt hour is going to go up from say 12, 11 cents right now in Illinois. We're going to see substantial increases an in escalation of that over time. And so to answer your question, solar is actually expected to go down on the utility scale, on the grains, on very big, AKA uh, solar farms. And uh, in the next uh, four years, five years, they don't expect as much. So solar could potentially see a increase in module cost. Um, And I say, you know, otherwise known as a uh, solar panel, but uh, the proper term is a module. And so what is expected is that uh, supply and demand, so they're not gonna be making as many, so the price will go up a little bit, and the price of kilowatt hours will go up a little bit. But altogether, we definitely see only massive strides forward in our technologies uh, as far as sales go. the technologies are actually good the way they are. They could, anything could always be better, but we're not fice- facing a massive uh, financial cliff that, or a mountain, rather, that we can't get over. And so geothermal, nobody knows about it because it's in the ground, and that's one of its biggest ast- attributes. So for geothermal, the best thing about it is word of mouth and proper installation. Um, so the loop goes in the ground, and it basically is like a liquid cooled heating cooling system and uh so what it does though is the loop goes in the ground the unit is just like to your right here in this room nobody can see it on the podcast but it's about the size of a refrigerator and uh everything goes inside and it's the longevity of the system goes through the roof because it's protected from the elements if you're sitting um at your neighbor, if you're living a subdivision, for example, and the house uh, houses are tight together, you have to hear somebody's condenser or heat pump, air source heat pump running outside, and its life is half as long as a geothermal unit that sits inside. And then you want to sit on your patio and have a great time, and but then you have to turn your music up or whatever over the sound of the residual fans constantly going. Of the outdoor units so it's just it's one of the benefits of the system so to answer again to answer your question um, both technologies are expected to be very high um, consideration in many many products or projects in the future um, and anywhere from incentive reasons on tax to uh, being energy efficient one cool thing my house I, I live on Ameren um, lines as a utility so their electric utility uh, throughout Illinois and by their utility I have geothermal and I have solar and I have extremely well insulated home or we do my wife and I and uh, it is our, our power bill every month is $15 so it's pretty pretty amazing what we can do and you can take that money and now like what are we gonna do with that money well I mean I can tell you that we probably spend it on Amazon or whatever but you can take that money and put it to your mortgage you know so if your power bill or your utilities totaling would have been three hundred dollars a month as a guess uh you can take that three hundred dollars and apply it to your mortgage so there's a whole bunch of different ways to think about green you know in the pat renewable energies i'll call them even though we don't really consider them renewable we want them to be we want them to be the standard so we don't want to we don't want to be considered something that's not standard we want to be the standard and um it just it makes financial sense uh it helps the earth it helps for our kids um in the future of leaving the earth in a better place than wherever we got here so um and it pays our paychecks so that's that's good as well
0: awesome that's covering i believe all three fronts of sustainability their perspective of the economic side the social side and the Finance
1: side, the... Economics, finance, um, environmental.
0: Yes.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, and, and there's all lots of theories about, um, you know, how do we pollute the earth? What do we do to get rid of solar panels? I mean, to be quite honest, yes, we're selling them right now. But I, I'd like to also start a business down the road that would be in solar panel recycling down the road. And yeah, there's a lot of questions of, like... it. It's very environmentally impactful to make a solar module. Um, I can't speak to it, I've never seen it, I I don't know, I can only read on it. Um, And my point is, is that I guess, is that if if we properly take the steps that we can to take care of our planet um, in the production and um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, Taking down the solar modules, I guess, Um, they I think we can do a lot better job I guess Uh, there's a huge article about that just got massive traction um, last year and I think I'm pretty sure where I know where the source of this uh, article came from um, as well as in um, Texas uh, last year and they got all the snow in Austin and um, anyways uh, there the basically that wind article showed that that you have all these fiberglass blades and what are they going to do with all these old old blades and it got everybody kind of thinking of what's our um still that same word i'm looking for but uh what's what's our plan to dispose of our products once we're done with them and so the geothermal's actually got the best ratio the best percentage um, wind is bad you know wind has obviously has very large um, blades to get rid of um, and then solar in, in about the same story but they can be de- deconstructed so geothermal actually got the best um, rating for decommissioning that's the word I'm looking for uh, as well because you're just you have a, a bunch of metals precious metals that um, I call them precious now, but you know we're looking at steel, copper, um, aluminum, and all of those metals can be recycled um, and as well. And then the loops in the ground, um, nobody can say for sure because nobody's old enough to know. But you know, a few hundred years is how long those loops can last in the ground.
0: So that will last more than a generation.
1: Oh yeah. It's, it's all very interesting, but the whole thing is, is about, I don't, I don't want to concentrate on geothermal only, but once you get those loops in the ground, it, all you're doing is replacing the actual heat pump itself, the actual box, the what I said looks like a refrigerator, um, every 20 to 30 years. So um, anyways, that's, that's just why all of these renewable product, products that we sell, they all complement each other in the best way, and they act, and as I said earlier, they absolutely don't compete with each other.
0: But instead, they find ways of complementing one another.
1: Exactly. Cool. Yeah, and we didn't really concentrate on. We didn't talk about storage at all, which also could be an env- environmental uh, and international policy conversation as far as uh, where the where the uh, well, I'll call it lithium is coming from now, um, which is China, and um, we want to support American jobs, American first, right? So uh, we want to do everything we can to help our country and lithium unfortunately is, comes from Asia, somewhere in Asia. And uh, as a company, we have a desire to try to help Americans. And the plan for lithium though, as far as mining it, is, it has to come from Asia. And with the disposal of that lithium is another question. However, um, I think it's a necessary evil to get to the next step in technology. Um, And at some point, it's kind of like a fossil fuel. In other words, it's got an end date. You know, there's only so much of it.
0: Yeah, there's a finite amount.
1: Yeah, exactly. And so, but uh, I believe that um, you have to get started with something to, to find, to, the, to reinvest for R&D to find, or give more time for R&D to find the next best thing, which could be um, hydrogen, you know, so uh, fuel cells. But, but, you know, I'm speaking out of my, how far I know. Um, but anyway, storage is a big part of our, of our future because if you look at, if you think about an electric meter on the side of your house, we want to help control everything behind the meter, the house side of the meter, or the building side of the meter, as much as possible, and so that we're using the power grid as just support. You know, We don't really need it very often, um, but we want to help our customers be a, a independent, um, sustainable, um, help their environmental impact, carbon footprint, if you will, um, but as me in my personal opinion uh, completely financial I am, I'm completely financial driven um, I guess I can't say completely but um, my motives as a personally and as a consultative approach are uh, geared towards financial return on investment um, or internal rate of return so anyway that's just a Talking in the circles, but uh, that's what excites me anyways.
0: Awesome, and definitely I agree, the finance side and making a profit is important, otherwise the company cannot run, and the company can run, then you can't go anywhere from there.
1: Right, You ha- in other words, you have to make money. Um, and uh, so, we, of course, uh, otherwise we wouldn't be in business, but uh, it's fun, it's challenging, um, it has all the mutual benefits, and uh, we're not, Another thing we've been talking about as a company lately at the team at Supply Energy is is that we don't sell anything; we tell stories. And the best way to tell a story is to say that in my house or in our house, this is what we did. And this is you know, and like I was just telling you about our Ameren power bill. Um, not everyone is on Ameren; some people are on uh, co-ops and EMCS and municipality power, um, and it doesn't always make sense to cover somebody's power bill at 100%. It actually could make sense at 25% of their coverage. And it may not, it doesn't add up for a lot of um, people to think about it that way. Like they say, I have to have 100% or I'm not doing it. Well, we're not going to suggest that if it doesn't make sense for the solar policy of the utility that we're working within. So for example, there is uh, some co-ops that don't give a one to one ratio. So, uh, if I, on Ameren, I we're paying about uh, eleven cents price per kilowatt, and pr- I'm sorry, price per kilowatt hour. If we may, if we don't use that directly, and going back to that meter conversation, by path of least resistance, it's easiest for that kill or for that energy to stay on site. But if it goes back to the grid and nothing's running in the house. Um, you know, we're just gone, you know, or whatever. Um, If we're making more than what we're using, in other words, it's going back to the grid and we're getting a credit of 11 cents. On a a co-op or a municipality or EMC, other types, uh, other states with different regulations, they don't necessarily give that same rate. So they could say, like, we're going to credit you 4 cents price per kilowatt hour. And that's where it's very important to have an all-electric home, so that if your geo, your heat pump of any kind, is running, that your solar will go straight to that heat pump by path of least resistance. So you're getting actually getting a financial credit of 11 cents again. Um, and then your storage, after you put your solar, you know, your storage builds up from the day or the morning. You can use that production later in the afternoon. So, it's all very interesting. Uh, something to reference uh, that was a huge graph for this conversation is actually the California duckback curve. Mm-hmm. Everybody talks about it. And, you know, as we know, California leads the way for the rest of the US, whether it be, you know, anything um, comes uh, from California to start. And so you can tell in the California duckback curve uh, since like 2012 when solar started coming online. And at 6 a.m., the grid is at such uh, megawatts, whatever it may be. And then all the solar comes online at 9 a.m. every day. No matter what season, it's 9 a.m. is when the solar really starts producing till about five or less. Um, and anyway, you can see in the variations of years how as we get to 2021, how the grid's usage actually plummets because nobody's actually using power from the grid except for commercial. And so what's happening is is that all that solar's out there and the grid level actually goes down, but they have to, the the grid operators have to, or the other plants have to maintain because they can't just shut down a coal plant, for example, or a nuke plant for a few hours. So they have to maintain, they're actually grounding electricity, they're getting rid of it. They just they have an abundant amount of electricity.
0: So they need to dump it out.
1: They have to get rid of it, yep. And until about five o'clock. Mm-hmm. Then the head of the duck is a massive uh, spike. And what storage is hopefully going to do, or is going to do, it's not a hopefully, is going to do is cut the head of the duck, the top of the head of the duck. Mm-hmm. and. So in that graph, so utilities, and back to the mutual beneficial um, electrification side of things, it helps utilities save money instantly because they're contracted on kilowatt hours and what, the, what they're going to save money on is demand. So that, those are demand rates they get hit by the power generation companies. So that's how the electrical um, companies can save money instantly. Um, and we want to help be a part of that. So um, another thing is, is that I noticed in our home about the uh, insulation in the home, our heating, our cooling system doesn't even come on in the summer until about eight o'clock at night. It's pretty weird. It runs during the day, it doesn't run very hard. Mm-hmm. We insulated what's called the roof deck. So if you look at the peak of a home, you draw it you know, like a um, kid's cartoon on a piece of paper. The inside of the roof deck so the, we don't have insulation on our ceiling. It's actually up on our rafters, in other words. And it creates a thermal mass. And what happens is that thermal mass eventually heats up. And that's why we don't come on till about 8 o'clock at night. And we're helping the utility because typically an inefficient home or facility is needing to cool rapidly at starting at 3 o'clock all the way to 7 o'clock. Um, so everything we do is about helping consumers, helping utilities, and uh, it's very interesting. So take a look at that graph, and um, there's a lot to talk about uh, on that because if it's happening there, it's going to happen here.
0: Cool. So one question I have from the residential side with storage is when do you suggest someone should have storage versus just have a grid direct system?
1: Oh, uh, I kind of answered that already, but like let's bring it back around to it because I'll use myself as a reference, Um, our home. We have a generator, we do not have storage. It makes zero financial sense for us to have storage uh, because we get a one to one ratio, right? So anything we push back, we're, you know, storage doesn't get us anything but backup. If we were, I lied about being all electric for us um, because our utilities are not, uh, are all electric, but our luxuries, propane so we have a propane fireplace we have a propane fire pit I absolutely can't stand well I don't have time so like I don't have time to go to the store and get a 20-pound tank for the grill Um, so I piped it in to the tank and also so that generator so those luxuries uh, we do have propane at the home at our house but if you want backup and you don't want natural gas at all and you don't want propane um, and you don't want a generator to have to maintain, storage backup is a great option as well. So, those are just options, um, but that's just in my opinion, um, it depends on the solar policy of the utility which drives the conversation of justification for storage in the shortest way I can say it. Now, on utility, on utilities such as co-op, CMCs, municipalities, et cetera, and uh, just other states in general, storage may very well make sense in what we call avoided cost uh, utilities. So they sell at 11 or 12 cents and they buy back, they, you know, air quote here, buy back at four cents. Then you're having a better conversation of storage savings in a year with storage. Does that add up? It does. Cool. Um, it's, It's just about running the numbers though. And back to financial. And some people just, I mean, now, I'm a bad salesperson because some people just want it. you know, if they want to buy something, just let them buy it. But um, but we want, at least want to give them a consultative approach that is what's what we feel is best for them.
0: So be able to tell what options that they may experience and then see what's best for them?
1: Correct. Yeah, we just cool. show them the numbers. If you have any
0: life lessons that you learn professionally or personally you want to share
1: any i guess i'll call it entrepreneurial advice you have to get paid right grow slowly um and learn and one thing that we're facing right now is that is recruiting good people and first of all recruiting is not going very well because nobody wants to work um but finding good people is number one and being a part of your culture um, in a group or a business whatever it may be Um, and then training as well training 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 and that's going to be a massive part of our business as we bring in more people to the it's all energy but i see a lot of people moving away from fossil fuel energy and moving more towards what we you know that nasty two words that i said is renewable energy moving the standard. And uh, I think we're gonna have a lot of uh, people moving that standard and moving to a new field. So training's gonna be a massive part of that as well. And uh, if you have any, if anybody has any questions, um, please reach out to me. And uh, I'd love to help with whatever I can and um, try to give back as much as I personally can myself.
0: Awesome, cool. Cool. Thank Kyle again for taking the time to be on our podcast.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. If anybody has any subject points uh, that you'd like to hear about in the future or that we can expand upon, as I said, I can probably talk all day. Um, if anybody has anything uh, they'd like to hear about in more detail, storage, solar. There's a lot of aspects of solar, uh, heating and cooling, AKA, and also with ground source heat pumps, um, the hot water side, uh, and insulation. And um, one thing I didn't really say is we're the best insulation salespeople out there. We just, we don't get paid for it. Because it's very, we consider, I guess in summary, we consider a project, which would be a home or facility, to be a four-step process. And you always start with insulation in the envelope of the home push away any of the hot or the cold that could penetrate the envelope the best that you can. So that could be a spray foam, it could be with the wet, whatever methods in building science that somebody would like to look at, but let's protect that envelope as much as we possibly can. Then that makes our heating, cooling and water heating systems smaller. So water heating is more based upon uh, people in a home or usage. Um, but that heating and cooling system is based upon size. So heating and cooling has to be based on 100% of size of that call at home. So if we've reduced our loads as much as possible, and this is kind of recapping what we talked about earlier, is, is that once we get to the solar side and we're all electric, now we can consume all of that electricity that we're making and we can then look at storage to see is that a viable option for the consumer, uh, from a justification standpoint, uh, that could be financial, that could be emotional, and um, I guess I could throw in a step number five is electric vehicle chargers, and um, that's a whole other conversation on, uh, otherwise known as EVs. Um, but um, that those are the future as well, and I don't want one to be a green thumb. I don't want for financial reasons. I want one to go fast, and. Uh, I strongly encourage anyone to be able to jump in one and drive one because they are a lot of fun. Anyways, thank you very much for uh, having me today and um, let's do it again whenever you have some time.
0: And with that, we conclude our episode of Young Entrepreneurs with the Green Roof Team. Special thanks to your sponsors, the SIU Research Park, Energy at SIU, SIU Sustainability Office's Green Fund Grant, the University Innovation Fellows, CH Electrical, Entertech, RAS Coatings, AES Solar, Sprague Supply Group, H&F Visions, Silvix Forestry Industry, Chance Studios, Climate Economy Action Network, and many more. And please, visit our website for more information and follow us on social media. Stay sustainable, folks!